I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. And today we have a friend calling in from Nashville, Tennessee, and his name is Daniel Fielding. He was a Special Forces Green Beret, and he's got a certain way he does things. He's got a book out called The Asset Mindset. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you for having me, John. It's great to be here. Great to be in the Unimpressed Podcast world. So yeah, man, you know, diving in, I'm a big deep thinker. Uh, I think very, very deep. Uh, I have quantum physics I deal with, philosophies I deal with, and rationales I put together. And what's the take in the direction of this this book, The Asset Mindset, from your perspective? The Asset Mindset is a philosophy in which you build your life knowing that you are your greatest asset in life and you want to surround yourself with other positive assets, whether they be people, environments, places where you go, and then you in turn want to be an asset to others out in the world. And if you're surrounded by assets, you know yourself is the best asset, you can build incredible success. And I've noticed through people I've worked with, whether it's in the special forces communities, Green Berets, Navy SEALs, or since I've been out in the civilian world, celebrities, rock stars, billionaires, they all tend to have this way of thinking and understanding that they are their greatest asset and they can make things happen in the world. Well, it kind of goes to what I say a lot of times of finding yourself. I think if you find yourself and understand yourself, you can do that. Why do you, why do you think people have a hard time finding themselves and rationalize this you know, theory of your direction? I think a lot of it is the noise and sometimes to just play the victim. But when you do that, you're limiting yourself. Uh, oh, I can't because of this. I can't because of where I live. I can't because I don't have the education. Or I can't because I don't have the support network. You're never going to succeed. You need to create a path to your own success and understand that you can build the path. If you want to be an actor, well, you need to go to places where people are acting. Join a club, join a group. You want to be a comedian, start going to comedy clubs, hang out, surround yourself with other comedians, study. And we're in an age right now where I believe there's no excuses. We have the internet. We have our phones. You can look up anything, spend time on it. And that's where it comes down to, I tell people, you need to own your power. We all have a power within us that we can focus in a direction and after the things that we want to achieve. I mean, it's totally doable. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You have to do the work, but it is absolutely possible. And you can achieve things that you thought were impossible. I never thought I would be where I'm at in life. I never, when I was younger, thought I'd be a Special Forces Green Beret and in that community. I never thought I'd work with celebrities. I never thought I would be a writer. When I was younger, I didn't think I was just a regular kid in a blue collar family. But through time, and seeing in life and learning from others and having some good mentors and being open-minded to the possibility, that's one of the things too that you need to realize. 
there are things that are possible. Things that you want to do, you can make happen. You just need to put the time in. Now, do you meditate or anything like that and talk and, and bring in this this mantra into your, your body, like these positive thought processes? Absolutely. I actually have a dragon warrior code that I live by. And anytime I'm struggling or having difficulties, I'll center myself and I can even recite it for you right now. It's I am what I am because I choose to be. I'm a dragon by choice and subject to its loss. My family instructors and my classmates and my heart and my mind, even though we may disagree with each other, we still strive to be one forgetting all categories and letting energy which wishes to exist, exist. And as a dragon, I must go forth to seek the Tao in the void, understanding myself and finding peace within. And that was something that I learned as a teenager. And I talk about in my book how that was very powerful, especially that first line, I am what I am because I choose to be. I totally believe in that. And that was so impactful as a developing young man and a teenager, like, wow, I can really choose to learn the guitar. I can choose to play baseball. I can choose to do whatever I want for a career. Like there's nobody telling me I can't, or if they do tell me I can't, I can go to someone else. That was just very empowering. And it's almost like the secret and the law of attraction as well. It's very similar. And the truth is the truth. Yeah. So you said dragon there. Have yes, you ever sir. done ayahuasca? No, I have not. What did you tap into that? So that, because I did martial arts, I used to compete competitively when I was a teenager in tournaments. Um, I did pretty well for a while, but then I got older and had responsibilities and cars to pay for and car insurance and job, and I slowed down on it. But for years, I did do the martial arts. I did um, Kempo Karate, Taekwondo. I did a little bit of Tai Chi at a college and just have always been fascinated by the discipline and the philosophies with martial arts and being a warrior. Now, you know, this philosophy, this ideology is, you know, I don't know if it's ideology. I mean, it's, to me, it's truth, what you're saying. But um, do you feel like you have a spiritual aspect to, to bring in this thought process together? Yes. No, there's definitely some spiritual aspects to it. I feel like I've been called to share it a little bit. I felt guided because I wasn't planning on doing this. And it's something that came in spiritually to me that it was kind of like, hey, you're assigned to do this. Like, this is a task I have for you to share this. It also stems a little bit from my special forces background. So we have a motto, Deo Oppressor Liber, which is to free the oppressed or free from oppression. And I think a lot of people nowadays oppress themselves with their own thinking. They think these negative thoughts. So I've tried to take that special forces motto and bring it into the civilian world with lessons I've learned from the martial arts, from being in the military, and share those with people so that they can change their way of thinking and not oppress themselves and think that they can't do things. So when you said this information came through, how did, did you have something happen in your life that kind of opened you up to this type of thinking? Well, I know for going and joining the special forces, 9-11 was the big catalyst. That was the moment. I mean, I was 27 years old. I turned 28 in basic training and 9-11 just really drove home to me. And I wanted to support and help the things that are going on in the world with terrorism. Even now today, we have to do something as a people. And the only way evil can win is for good men to do nothing. And at that time, I was not married. I was a young, fit man in my 20s. And I was watching families leave uh, or fathers and mothers leave their families. 
to go serve. And I was like, the best way to support the troops is to be there with them. So I did my research, spent about six months trying to figure out where I would want to go. And I decided to be a Green Beret with the Army Special Forces. Walked in the recruiter's office and he kind of gave me a funny look like, okay, you think you can just walk off the street and do this? Have you ever been arrested? You know, you got to take these tests to see what your IQ is and psych evals and all these different things. And I was blessed and able to make it and make the grade or make the cut. And I became an 18 Charlie on an ODA in seven special forces group. So I guess, I guess what I'm asking too is like, was there, was there a meditation? Was there, do you feel like you, you cracked into something in your head mentally, like that you hadn't been able to think before? Was there a life, I guess what I'm saying, was there a major, major life altering something that happened that, that turned the switch where you felt like you got this information you had to put this information out? There was no key moment. It's something for me that it was always there, like an itch, a nagging of wanting to do better and help. Before I even joined the military in college, I worked with a group called Orphanage Outreach and went down to the Dominican Republic and spent a month down there living in an orphanage and building it. I always tried to give back. I mean, in college, I raised plants and spider plants and aloe plants and would sell them and just trying to, you know, do positive things. Martial arts was a big part of it. My dad was a huge influence in me and taught me, you know, to be a good person and what it was to help others and just always been pretty spiritual on my own. And it just, what's the word I want to say? Like the seed was there and it was just sprouting and growing. And now I'm at the stage where the, it's the tree, you know, the acorn became the oak tree. How big of an oak tree I'm going to become or the asset mindset will become, I don't know. But I do know it's a bigger and taller tree than I ever imagined. And it's getting fertilizer every day with the feedback I get from people on how the asset mindset philosophy has changed their life or changed their world for the better, which makes me want to just push harder. Now, you, I've had a lot of Scandinavian people come into my life. And I think there's something to the Norse. Do you feel like you're attached to Norse, Scandinavian? Because I kind of get that vibe in a way that could be your lineage. Yeah, there's some of that on my father's side. And then you mix that in with my mother's side, which has Spartan blood. So when I joined the military, my mother was like, oh, that's the Spartan in you. You know, uh, so my grandfather was 100% Greek and his family came from like 19 miles, I believe it was right outside of downtown Sparta you know, for generations lived there. He was the first non-Greek to, I mean, the first one to marry a non-Greek. So yeah, the mix. Believe it or not, believe it or not I can feel it. Like if it's, like if I talk to somebody or I dial into them, like if, and the reason I knew you're Scandinavian and Norse, because it's a very calming energy. It's a very, very okay. calming energy. Very, 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 very relaxed. And I can see it in your eyes too. Uh, the blue eyes and so forth, which is very interesting as well. It's, it's just odd that I've had multiple types of people come into my life and, and talk about different things because I think I think the Scandinavians, you know, they, they created a lot of infrastructure, and, you know, built a lot of things that kind of structured how the world is today. And I think potentially it could have been some of the original people, you know, here. But uh, it's probably one of those stories that they don't really talk about. But there's definitely something to that. And I think uh, with where we're at in the world today, you know, it's kind of funny that you have this book out. 
you know, and trying to promote this, you know, I said mindset because I was watching when you, when I saw the book and, and thought about that, I was watching this thing with Deion Sanders. He had this show on um, Amazon and he's not saying that, but he's kind of living that in a way, you, you know what I'm saying? He's not selling what you're selling. But in a way, yeah. it's a very, very similar thing. It's very, very powerful at the end of the day. Yeah, the truth is the truth. I mean, you look at anyone who is really successful at motivating people, we're all saying the same things because it's the truth, just in a little different version. You know, yeah. an elephant is an elephant. If you describe it from the front or the side or the back, it's going to be a little different, but it's all the same thing. You know, I do the same thing as Jocko and David Goggins or Tony Robbins. We're trying to lift people up. We're trying to help them be the best person they can be. And we're all speaking the same thing, just a little bit different version. Interesting. Well, the, the other guy, the last podcast I have, and the guy, believe it or not, his name was Steve Wright, who was a lineman for the Rams and used to block for Bo Jackson and this one, that one. But he was, he was Scandinavian as well. And it was funny to see this gentle giant he was like this giant that could turn a switch. Because the thing is, is people don't realize when you have some of these sensibilities that, that I have, and I'm sure you're highly sensitive as well, is you're able to be, you know, if you understand it, I think you control it. But with those high sensitivities, it always makes you prickly. It's almost like you can turn that quick, right? And we're, you know, we're, I was talking to this because this guy was huge and he was said he had to go crazy when he was on the football field. But then when he came off the football field, you know, he went into this calmness. Do you feel like you're a little prickly and get turned on a dime? Absolutely. Especially if you <laughs> ask my kids, <laughs> my <laughs> wife, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things. And you say the switch, there's a lot of people that have that capability. And I think it's primal. I think it's spiritual. I think it's protective. Green Berets and Navy SEALs and anybody in special operations, when you're going downrange, you flip a switch. You're a machine. You've been trained. You're focused. You're not worried about yourself, what happens to you. That's why guys can get shot and keep going. They will, you know, just keep focusing on the mission. I have a buddy of mine I talk about in my book. He got shot in the face. He gave himself first aid and like under a minute, he was back up on the minigun again and shooting and protecting his brothers that were with him. Now that switch is so weird too, because I know some football players. I've been um, honored to get to know Derek Wolf a little bit, and he's an amazing guy, talks about same type of stuff. Like you go on the field, you turn it on, you come off, like he's a family man, loves his kids and wife. And it's amazing. And he's another big guy, you know, and I'm not small. I'm 6'4", 225, 230, you know, so it is weird that you also mentioned gentle giant because my wife says that about me. And even when I first got to teams, because I'm a really, I try and be a nice guy. I try and help people. That's what I'm doing in my book. That's what I'm trying to do with my life right now. Well, I did that in group. And there were a couple guys that were like, man, Dan's too nice to be a Green Beret. And one of the guys on my team, Abel, he's like, yeah, you haven't seen him flip the switch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's one of those things. You know, interesting. Well, hanging out with with Bob Kid Rock. What do you think a guy like that? What's his mindset? Because you know he looks like the rocker partier, but you know to have the success he has, you know, what's that really look like? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard work, discipline, passion. He is so passionate. He's a work hard, play hard type of guy. 
Like, yeah, he'll party. He's Kid Rock. But he is still up every day, 4.30 in the morning. I mean, he will get up at 4.30, do emails, check emails. Then by 7 o'clock, he's playing pickleball. And then he'll meet me around 8 o'clock, 8.15, and we'll go to the gym and do some circuit training in the gym. Then I'll go back to the studio. He doesn't need to do any of this anymore. He's been writing songs still, and every day he's in the studio working, doing other business deals. Like the amount of focus, and that's that mindset too, that I try and talk about is someone is always working to improve. He could sit back and be like, oh, I'm done. I've made it. I can live off the money I have. But that's not what he wants to do. He did his Kid Rock um, comedy jam. I don't know. I know you're involved in comedy. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, yeah, Dorf, it's an Dorf, annual Dorf, thing they do now it. at the Ryman. And he gave all that money away. People made all kinds of comments about him with Bud Light and shooting up the cans and, you know, the Covenant school shooting that happened. Well, he gave half the money from that comedy jam to all the families. That didn't make the news. And he gave the other half to all the people that died in the helicopter crashes from Fort Campbell. So he's behind the scenes. Yeah, he's a partier and likes to have fun and enjoy life. But he also likes to do positive works in the world and in life. And that's why I work for him. Otherwise, I wouldn't work for him. I mean, he is a solid human being, patriotic American, loves his country, loves people, all sides, and just is really trying to make the world a better place. And has he seen your book and, and checked out the book? Oh, yeah. 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 He's uh, got a little quote on the cover. He's been like he jokes sometimes with me. He's like, you know, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you see? You know, what's your goal and what do you see happening with the book? I mean, what makes the book a success for you? Well, the book is already a success for me. It's done more than I ever thought it would. My vision now is taking it to the world and more people. That's why I've signed with Simon & Schuster to help me do that. And I'm now doing speaking gigs. I've always done a few speaking gigs here and there about it, but now it's becoming more mainstream as the books got out there and more people are aware of the asset mindset. I'm speaking in Arizona in November. I'm speaking in Texas in December. And I bring the asset mindset philosophy to a crowd and to people personally, where we can have Q and A's, I can share, we get one-on-one -on -one time, I can sign books. A lot of times people read the book before and then they come see me and share their stories. I once had a 92-year-old woman come up to me and tell me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
that my book changed her life and the way she thinks. And I'm like sitting back, like, you're 92. I should be getting life advice from you. You know, I'm in my 40s. And she goes, no, your book did after COVID and my family and everybody was like, oh, you're older. You need to stay at home. And she realized through my book that I'm the youngest I'm ever going to be for the rest of my life. And I can do what I want with my life. I'm getting back out there. And she got a job. It was just a greeter job, but she was out with people. She was interacting and she was so much happier. She wasn't just sitting at home. She was explaining how she was home alone all the time or majority of the time and just wasn't happy. But getting out in the world and having a job and having a purpose was just something that changed her. Well, I have this thing about, you talked about law of attraction. And I was looking at this information. I mentioned this a couple of times about Netflix. And Netflix's programming is based on an algorithm. So because if, if you have a big enough number of anything, you can determine human behavior. And, you know, I made a statement. I said, you know, 70, 70 to 75 percent of Netflix's programming is dark because the society, you know, we, we come from a negative and perpetuate some negativity in our lives. And I always say that, why can't we start over here positive instead of from a negative mindset? With that being said, how do you find assets, people assets, you know, because society is, is, is going sometimes, you know, they're going the wrong direction. And that algorithm, Netflix's algorithm speaks to that of what successful programming they have. How do you find positive assets that are people in this day and time? I think the first thing is people need to focus on themselves, figure out what they want to do, who they want to be, and then find the environments where those like-minded people are. And when you get to those environments, then you can start interacting with people and you will notice like-minded and positive people will lift each other up. You just can't help it. And if someone's negative, they will shy away from positivity because it's almost threatening to them. Now, I like to try and change those people's minds through my book and through my work, but if they're lost, then it's on them. Like you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. And that goes back to like, we're each our own greatest or worst asset. You know, we affect our lives either positively or negatively. And I think finding the people is going into those positive environments. You don't want to work all week if you're someone that just, you know, works 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, get your paycheck on Friday, go to a bar, sit at a bar with a bunch of people whining, complaining on how their life sucks or this relationship stinks or whatnot. Like, you're not going to go anywhere. You got to get out of that environment. You need to go to environment, join a club, people that are hiking, kayaking, get out there, join a book club. Do something, Toastmasters, speaking, whatever it is that you have a little bit of interest or passion for, you need to get out in those environments and you will find people that are like, it just, that's the law of attraction. But if you're not putting yourself in those places or those environments, it's going to be really hard for you to find people that are positive and going to lift you up or mentors. I came up with this thing when I talk about quantum physics and I've talked to scientists and neuroscientists and Giles Joe, who's at Cambridge and was honored by the queen and had Dr. Caroline Leaf on. And she's a neuroscientist as well. And we're talking about the non-conscious and non-conscious is not talked about. I mean, that's kind of where science stops in a way. And, you know, 
I don't know why, but mathematically, you know, I came up with this thing, creation of four, and that God created everything by fours and everything is linear. Uh, and I could show you how that creation is tied to the human body through the planets. But the main thing that, that's tied to that and tied to the human body is our, is our peanut gland. Because the third eye is supposed to be the moon. Pluto is supposed to be the crown chakra, right? And I don't know if it's Da Vinci or whatever. I don't know if when they got that wrong or they missed that or whatever. And then the, the earth is the heart chakra. But the pineal gland is a big thing. And I think it's not talked about enough. And that's, that's God's data center. So when you talk about positive thought processes. Have you ever heard anything about unearthing your pineal gland? Because, you know, when it gets calcified, because fluoride in the water calcifies our pineal gland, and if that's supposed to be our connection to God, and it speaks to the psychology of being positive, what you take in is what you put out. Have you ever looked at the pineal gland or uh, studied that, understood that? Because the medical system don't really talk about it. No, I have not. And you've definitely sparked an interest with me. I know one of the things that I have found fascinating and getting to God and let there be light is when zygote or a sperm and an egg come together, that there is this burst of light around the egg when the sperm enters. And it's the first process of light, um, life. So light and life are tied together and we can't explain it scientifically. We don't know what's going on. And there's absolutely an energy, I believe, beyond us. And if you can tap into that, I think it's an incredible source for passion, for creativity, for so many different things. I think that's kind of what happened with me in the book, because I didn't set out to be a writer. When I went to college, I took communications and business management. I didn't take anything with literature. I mean, I took the basics that you had to for general education requirements, but that was not my goal. I mean, I even joke when I talk about discipline, when I'm speaking sometimes that I can't type, I still use like a couple fingers on each hand, but you know what? I had the drive. I had the passion. I had the calling to write this book. So I just did it anyways. And I got through it. And that's one of the things I also try and share with people you know, don't be limited in your thinking. People can read without sight. There's Braille. People run without legs. They have prosthetics now. We are in an incredible time. And if your drive and your spirit is focused enough and strong enough, you can do things that are seemingly impossible. Well, when you, when you break that down, I wrote this, I'm writing, well, I'm writing this book on how to eliminate unconscious bias and how we're programmed. But if you start with, because you're programmed through your subconscious, and when you start with your non-conscious, right, and breaking that down and understanding law of attraction, understand the forces of what you take in, whether it's good or bad, good energy, bad energy, we'll use good or bad energy, is a big deal. So when you take creation of four, right, and I, like I said, and this is verifiable, and nobody's ever really, you know, I don't even know where I've read one book and half the Bible and I talk about this, but I tried to relate it to a, a lot of things, my guess, because I think if you understand things from creation, you can get to the answer quicker. OK, and most people come at things from a discovery mindset and it takes us longer to get the answer because we're looking at it through discovery. And I've talked to, you know, Avi Loeb, who's head of astronomy at Harvard and all these people. 
And I'm like, why are you coming from a, a, a a discovery mindset. It's going to take you longer instead of creation mindset. So if I've talked to several different people. I talked to one person, this one information said God had four powers, which created the universe is four parts. Then you go to the planets is four terrestrial planets, four gas planets. The gas planet is supposed to represent around the human body senses. So let's fast forward that to the earth. You got the inner core, outer core, mantle, crust, four parts of the earth. You have four gases. You have four directions, right? You have four humors. There's four blood types. Speaking to the four blood types, emotions and creativity is the juggernaut of the universe. So when you understand non-conscious, non-conscious speaks to creation of four. You would need four human beings, right? You take away the emotions. You take away the sensibilities. You would need four human beings with different makeups. In the book of Gates, the Egyptian book says there was Libyan, Asiatic, Nubian and Egyptian were the four humans. So each of those, if you have no creativity, you have no emotion, you could predict based on your environment by creation of four and everything being linear, where they would go. So emotions being the juggernaut of the universe, when you apply that to that type of human body, whatever that is. And we talk about law of attraction. They brought the law of attraction will send them a certain direction. So when you come this into play, it's like, how is this, these influences of this human body, one of these four being influenced? Is it being influenced to the good? Is it being influenced to the bad, right? Does that make sense to you? Because when you break that down, because I think it's mathematical at the end of the day. I mean, they say mathematics is the language of God. I've heard that several times and it's a universal language and we can't fully understand it. I don't think our minds are, you know, capable to fully understand. I think we get glimpses. I think there's lots of hints. There's lots of guidance. I think spirit is real and it touches us. And if you're conscious enough to pay attention, it can change and lead you in a very profound direction in life. What I also think people need to do is learn to have awareness for when this does happen. And I also talk about, like you're talking about the powers of four, I talk about the power of being a page master, which is using an analogy as a book and your thoughts are like the book. You can have something bad happen to you. Say, you know, you were young and one of your parents died. You can keep focusing on that and reading that over and over again and feeling the negative energy, the sadness. You can dwell on it and it can, in a sense, ruin your life and you can feel like a victim. Like, why did this happen to me? That's not fair. I'm now having to deal with this. Or you can accept it, read the page move on and turn to the next chapter. We all have this amazing ability to change our thought process. The first thing you need to do though, is be aware that you have that power and be aware of your thinking. Like right now we can talk about evil. We can talk about love. We can talk about goodness. We have that ability to turn the page or change the topic. So that's something that I try and convey in my book for as a tool and technique for people that are stuck. Because I've heard a lot of people in their minds get stuck in that victim mentality. Oh, this has happened to me, or oh, I can't, or I've been abused when I was a child, or whatever it may be that you're struggling with. Don't keep beating yourself up over it. Turn the page. Be the page master and say, no, I'm going to write another page, or I'm going to read this page, or I'm going to focus on this in my life. I actually use the death of my father 
in explaining this. So I'll go over it real quick. I got a phone call. My father had passed away, totally unexpected. And I was like anybody, I had a close you know, bond with my dad. I was crushed at first and I was tearing up and just how could this happen? This isn't fair. He's young. He's only 62 years old. And I just talked to him yesterday and all these different things. I was mad, angry, sad, frustrated. But by the end of the phone call, I was smiling because I turned the page and I'm like, how lucky was I to have a father that told me he was proud of me and he loved me? was there for, you know, all of my life up until that point. He taught me stuff. He loved me, hugged me, told me he loved me. Like I started reading the better pages or the positive pages in my life so that I was smiling with tears in my eyes at the end and I was full of gratitude. And I think gratitude is another tool that is very, very powerful and can help eliminate a lot of the negativity that we have going on in our minds. There's always something to be grateful for. You're alive, you're breathing. There's somebody out there that cares about you. You know, you just need to have that awareness again to seek out those things to be grateful for. You need to have that awareness to turn that page in your thoughts to something more positive. Well, I, I think, you know, and I, going back to what I was saying is I think that speaks to what I was trying to say is like, if you can understand that, if you understand that, you know, emotions and creativity are the, I guess they'll call it the frosting, right? That's the frosting because, you know, you have a choice there. So it's just like your father dying. They say you're not supposed to carry that heaviness with you. You know, when someone dies, they say you're supposed to let it go. So however, if you can understand that and look at things objectively and then think about what you should take in and what you should not take in, right? And understand if you carry this heaviness, it's going to drag you that way to the dark side. But if you understand what that looks like and can stay away from that, you can, you know, drag your way to the light. But I, because the other thing I'll say is, and in the Bible, four is creation, right? The cross is four. And this is the other thing that'll blow your mind and that it came through is when you look at the Egyptian symbol and start thinking about four and creation of four, four is creation in the Bible. The Egyptian symbol is the eye, right? And then there's a slant and then there's a straight down, but this slant here, and that's supposed to be your peanut gland. That slant, if you put that slant on a flat surface, that is a one force slant. So you have a one force oh. slant bone in your head where your peanut gland is. So that when you think about creation of four and, that, and tied to God, all that rationale makes sense and always verifiable. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but that's that's oh, kind of been my thing. It's fascinating. I'm always it's learning the, wild, the journey right? that we're all on. If if people can open up and be receptive, because we're all like antennas, yeah, know, for the energy that's coming around. And I'm sad because a lot of people are asleep. I think the evil that's going on in the world right now. How other people could wish that. You know, people are wiped off the face of the earth and want to commit genocide. I think they're so asleep or the evil is just, it's so, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. And it's going to take a lot of light and a lot of strength from all of us to put an end to that. And it's possible. We've done it before as people and we just seem to have to keep learning the same lessons over and over again, which is sad. But I think that's part of the journey 
of life and why we're here. And I think it's just the beginning. I think this is just the beginning, believe it or not. I, I think uh, when we leave this body, I think something else is going on after that. But that's a whole nother. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> there's, there's a lot more to this. I've witnessed and seen some miracles and experienced some things. And you can just feel it sometimes when, you know... The hair stands up on the back of your neck or you get goosebumps and you can just, there's a lot more to this world than we see. You know, Absolutely. our five senses are limited. Absolutely. Well, if we want to find the book, The Asset Mindset, and it's about power positivity and having the right pieces of the puzzle around you in life to keep you positive, where do we find the book? You can go to Amazon. You can go to my website, theassetmindset.com. You can go to Simon & Schuster. You can go to Barnes & Noble, or you can just go online and type in The Asset Mindset, Daniel Fielding, and it'll pop right up on any Google search. Cool. Well, Daniel, I don't know if you want to cover anything else before we jump off here, but I hope everybody can learn something from this conversation and it creates some more positivity in the world. It's very odd, very strange. I don't think this conversation was by coincidence that you came on the show, but I'm glad you did. And like I said, hopefully we taught some people some stuff today. Is there anything else out there that we might have missed that we didn't talk about? I think we've covered a lot, but I would like to leave people with focus. Give yourself some time to have awareness. Step back from the chaos in the world and the fog and listen to your inner guidance. Listen to spirit. Listen to God be able to come into you and give you the thoughts and guidance to take you in a more positive direction. If you can slow down in life and open up to that and then apply the right thinking or the asset mindset philosophy that I put out there, you can change your life for the better and change the life of people or the lives of people around you. It's absolutely possible. I've seen it time and time again happen and it is real. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Daniel. It's a very small world. We have so many people in common and Nashville's like my second home. And if I come back to town, I'll look you up, man. Maybe we'll go have a beer or something. But um, uh, that's great. Maybe we'll go to Zany's or see each other at Zany's. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been Daniel Fielding. Check out his book, The Asset Mindset. And my name is John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 